Welcome to Tech Driven Business. In this episode, I continue my conversation with Don Whittington and James Kendrick about their success with innovative projects as early adopters. Don is a CIO that has seen it all, and James Kendrick is a consultant who gets to make it happen. Don and James are committed to excellence and collaboration, as you've heard. I have seen firsthand the challenges and successes they've experienced. Due to this, I'm honored to share their story with you. Thanks, Don and James, for joining me today. I wanted to pick up where we left off last time, which was talking about the last two critical actions that a business should take for innovation and success. So with that, Don, I would like to turn it over to you um, and we can continue with our um, the third critical action. Uh, sure, Mr. Sir. Uh, uh, thank you very much. What you know, I actually want to reach back for those that listened the first time, maybe those that didn't catch up on a couple of things that James was elaborating on. And and one, he talked about the fact that we were we were doing a lot of this work with the cloud was focused on our, our SAP because that was the backbone. That was our ERP, our transactional system. And it, and he made the comment in the last podcast that we talked about, well, it didn't always have everything. Well, every time it didn't have everything. Right. That 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 is the real challenge. It's those those unknowns. And uh, and I think that's it, it's the unexpected that really is is something that uh, triggers the emotional response, even with executives. So these are the guys that put the reputations on the line, et cetera. So the third critical focus. Well, in fact, let's go back. The first two of the four were really was to, first one was to create the culture where IT is part of the business. That's absolutely critical, of course. And that the CIO, the second one is that the uh, CIO must act as the enterprise architect, not the role or the title, but the role. So the third one then, because I really want to expound on that second one is, and in that role as enterprise architect, is that you... What I did, and I think it would work for everyone, was to create a small team of line of business executives. So this would be the other C-level execs, not one of their direct reports or their best guy, but that person. And uh, it's not easy because not all of the other line of business execs want to align with they be part of the CIO. And that's where I had, back to the first podcast, I talked about how I was so lucky to have a business that included IT as, as part of uh, as part of that business. And so what I was able to do was to get five or six other uh, C-level execs, the CFO, the senior vice president of, op- of uh, supply chain, the senior vice president of operations, the uh, president of the sales marketing company, et cetera. And, uh, and this, was, this was my group, and uh, we, we called it the IT CapEx Committee. And it was a group of folks that you know, we didn't always agree on everything we wanted to do, but we laid out a strategy. And if my role was to make sure they understood what we were trying to do, they understood the risks and rewards, and, uh, uh, and then we would determine what we were going to do. Because you can't do everything. And that's the huge problem here is. And, and we would actually have, uh, I called it the IT CapEx Committee, because it had to be also part of the total spend for the enterprise. So the, 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 you know, the operations guys wanted plant and equipment, right? The CFO wanted everybody to spend less money. And so I needed to spend money and we needed to, you know, use, take things away from other priorities in the business. So when that group committed to do that, then that debate, it really was a business value. So we're competing against every other group in there from a capital standpoint. 
And once we once we got that group, that group presented to what was uh, an executive committee that presented to the board, and we were always aligned. We never we we never went into a board meeting where someone said, "I think we should do this." I said, "I don't think he's that he that's right." And uh, so so it really and and I reported to the CEO, which as an absolute uh, pleasure to do, and I think it makes it easier to do all the things I'm talking about here. And uh, so the key thing, though, the one thing that I added to that CapEx committee would be key partners. Rarely do you innovate without something new, either in our case, this was from SAP or in this one I mentioned in the first podcast, a company called Virtustream. And they were a very innovative company. We and, and we were they had a couple of other hosting types of things, but we were the first one that went in and did something on the enterprise level with these guys. And we actually took. I invited and the CEO and the founder of Virtustream joined our, our committee. He didn't attend every meeting because he might not be able to attend every single one, but he felt he was part of the team. And so whatever trust they had, you know, uh, in me, that would be one question about that. They could go to him directly. And so I didn't say everything had to come through me. I always involved those guys in, in those decisions. So I also did it with SAP. We, uh, I think we invented it, maybe not, but we called them SAP Innovation Days, where I would take at, invite the C-level executive, say the CFO, to an innovation day with SAP, and we would go to an SAP headquarters. Could be Waldorf, could be Newtown Square or Palo Alto, but it would end up being just he and uh, he or she and me would go to these meetings and meet individual executives at SAP, and, and, uh, and there would be the CEO and some high-level executives. The key thing there, they were cool days because we got to see the SAP futures and, uh, and things out there, but the key thing was the relationship because now when I would say SAP can do this, they had somebody they could go reach out to to make that happen. Now, not everybody can do exactly those things, the, uh, but the key to that is you have to have a team that believes in you and you believe in them, and they're going to make it happen. In the tough times, when it doesn't go right, when you're not meeting the success criteria, I think that's the thing that we really need to do. And uh, so let me go back, tie it back to IT as the business. This is where if you go wrong and you're not meeting, and you will, right, that everything is going to go 100%. This is the one where if you're aligned with the business, it's going to be tough because they can say, well, he, they did this. But if you're part of the business, it's we. Right. So no one wants to go in and say, you know, we screwed this thing up. Right. They want to go in and say, well, we've had a challenge. It just changes everything. So so that, uh, you know, that third focus is to create that team. And I, I truly believe the CIO has to lead it and it has to be other C-level folks. That is great. Thank you, Don, for sharing that. So, James, from your perspective, you've been on the ground. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I really first the first point I want to make is the SAP innovation days were fundamental. They were really fantastic and drove a ton of innovation. Um, this this point that Don's talking about around the CapEx committee, this this whole process is one of my personal favorites in terms of on the ground experiences. Uh, I ran the aggregation, quality assurance, getting everyone on the same page, formalization of the business case, et cetera, prior to each CapEx uh, quarterly meeting. And every quarter, Don would be just livid, just livid 
about these requests and funding always being last minute, down to the wire, finalizing AFEs, authorization, authorization for expenditure, that is, and recalculating spend to date, spend requested, and spend remaining. But there's a I wasn't living, I was focused. I, <laughs> Great point. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember ever being living. Right? Well, let's go for there focused and <laughs> um, right. But there's a key takeaway here. It's not, and that it really is an, an important takeaway here. As Don described in his examples, the CapEx committee was always on board with proposals by the time the CapEx quarterly meeting rolled around. It wasn't easy, but the but in the end, they were all on the same page by the time the CapEx committee rolled around. However, although the CapEx executives, direct reports, and IT leaders were engaged in all those discussions and strategically on the same page, the devil is in the details, as they say. And there's no, no more truth to it than, uh, than here. The project sponsors and the IT team all had to be on the same page about detailed objectives, resources, costs, benefits, change, and then tie all of that out to the CapEx plan. It was a bear, and uh, we continued to streamline the process, yet it never fell. There were still a few last-minute scrambles. For sure, for sure. I think that brings up uh, to our uh, the fourth critical action. Um, uh, like Don, uh, if you can elaborate on that and, and share what your um, uh, the fourth component that made it complete for for an IT perspective. Sure, sure. That was a that was a perfect segue uh, that James had, and I think you know, uh, we joked about the lividness, et cetera. But th these things are a bear; they're very difficult. And what you really need is is the right team, right? I talked about having the right C level team, and I think that's absolutely critical. And, but no matter what you decide, what you've got to have is a group of people that can get it done. And uh, with all the things in my career, one of the things I was, I mentioned earlier, I was, you know, blessed to be have a company that had looked at IT as part of the business. But I had an, I had an incredible team that uh, was, was amazing. And uh, I was, I was intense. I'm a type A person. When I do it, I kind of go all in. And uh, uh, a bit unwavering. Some would uh, have called me a bit of a uh, well. Let's say let's use the word intense would be uh, uh, the the important part. But I was focused. We had committed to something, and the team understood it too. So I communicated to my team, and uh, I made sure that they were on board. And uh, they they never let me down, which turned into the us never letting down the business as well. So the fourth critical item is to ensure you have the right skilled resources, right? You just have the right team. And the team uh, includes internal people that have to have to get this done. Uh, but it also then is going to have to include the key people from the partners that are involved in the innovation. There is always a partner involved. You rarely can innovate within your own team. You're gonna bring other people uh, inside. And you need to make sure you've got the right executive sponsors as a CIO. And you need to make sure that you get the right people from the partner on the team and that they become part of the team. One of the other things that uh, James used livid that I used to get about was when we refer to the partner as they, as I insisted it was we, right? What did we do if the partner didn't do it right? So well, what did we do wrong? So uh, I, I think that's something that is tough to make sure that uh, that you get right. 
And then the other thing is the team has to be people from the business. It was very interesting to me over the years, we had oftentimes people that were in the business that would join a project team that was an innovative project team. And then they would end up coming over and moving on to the IT team in, in, in a key role because they were specially skilled. They had that IT uh, capability and, and, and the business experience. You know, we had a customer service manager join us, a plant manager joined us. I mean, that's the type of IT team you know, that we had. We brought in uh, James and Listens here. They're on this podcast, right, and brought them into the team. And, and it was interesting because some came and stayed. Some came and left and Mr. here went off and created his own business. It was, a, it really was that whole team thing is just absolutely critical, but this is an innovation team, right? So the other thing I stressed was there, you could be on multiple teams at the same time. I mean, you know, without a doubt, one, you're on the IT team, you're on the project team and, and you're on the business team all at the same time. So I would say, make sure that you know which team you're playing for in the moment. Sometimes it's all three or four or five, and sometimes it's just one. And so you make sure you you, you uh, focus on that. So I think when when in the end, then, when you're in these partnerships and the team, they have to understand the risk and reward, right? And uh, uh, in another podcast, I hope we get that opportunity, we'll talk about some cases where we had to make some decisions that were in very short order. In this case, in the cloud case, with the partner Virtustream, we were able to take a very planned initiative. So we had time to build the relationships. And and we getting there, right, in all the testing, because it was one of the mantras early on was test, test, test with regard to this cloud. And as we went through, we would see where things aren't going to work, make that correction, do another iteration, et cetera. So you build that trust. Let me go back to what we talked about before. You've got the C-level guys, right, that I'm working with is, is, is peers. And then we have my team that I'm working with, and they're working together to make that happen along with key innovation partners. So, you know, the right skilled resources at all levels is critical. Absolutely. I can definitely see that. Um, without the right team, it's no, no progress. So, so, James, I mean, you are part of the team. What's your experience of this? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. My, uh, my first comment is I think the uh, Don's comment on focus and all in, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about working with Don. And I also see that as one of my core values as well. And I think that's why we work together so well. And in fact, when you think about it, the key team members all had that same core value of being focused and all in, whatever it took. We we got it done, uh, so I think that's I think that in and of itself is a is a is a lot that made us successful. Uh, let me go on a little bit. Don's description of risk and reward is key to having the right resources in place to get things done. And from my perspective, although challenging on occasions, it seems like we always got the technical resources right. We were always I mean we may have had to change some things out here and there, but. But we got really top-notch, solid technical resources to get things done. On the other hand, I think we were often more challenged and had more issues getting the right uh, project management, agile capabilities, and change management skills in place. We had to change those people out more often than we should have. But that, that is critical to success. The first regarding uh, project management and agile capabilities, we didn't focus on agile training per se, but we did focus on agile principles from customer engagement and execution to reflection and so on. 
Uh, we most often integrated our team into the agile delivery methods that our third party used. Then we integrated that agile project execution into our company's more traditional stage gate process for program and portfolio management consistency. And although difficult at times, blending the two together, it really worked really well, having the agile flexibility on the project and consistent governance across the portfolio. Uh, the second point I'd make is regarding change management. I've been around change management since we uh, launched change management launched the change management practice at Accenture a lot of years ago. And I've been involved with projects using uh, the ProSciAdCar methods. Uh, the, uh, the adoption of Agile and project management has prompted ProSci, for example, to revise how change management actually uh, works and supports projects. More on that another time for anybody that's interested. Um, and, there are, and there are good change management concepts and methods for sure. But a couple of things to be aware of. Be careful with your change management approach. It can be too linear. Just historically, it can be a very linear process and, and not uh, and not um, and doesn't support agile as well as it should. Um, and the something else I've seen is the change management center of excellence can be used as a crutch for poor project management. And in that case, you you've really you're probably in a situation where you've got a uh, you're going to have a problem. Um, in my view, there are three times in a, in a new projects and new products lifecycle that are essential to creating change. And the project team has really got to be up on their game in each of these three areas. Project startup, everybody's got to know what the vision is. Secondly, the solution design has got to be iterative. You got to start with a uh, uh, minimum viable product and then build on that and, and create a, a product that everybody can see and visualize and understand. Third, course, solution deployment around training and adoption and follow through and value uh, tracking and monitoring, etc. cetera. Uh, so if you put all that together, you have the right project leader, a sound agile methodology, a solid PMO approach, and some change management methods should be able to cover the full range of your change goals in, in, the, uh, in the effort. This was definitely a great coverage on cloud transition and digital transformation especially devoted to the why and the what. Um, the four actions described have a proven track record, you know, for moving IT 100% into the cloud, including infrastructure, SAP s the SaaS applications, data and analytics, and the new cloud native functions like machine learning. Especially, you know, creating modern streamlined and innovative operations across business. Uh, functions like global supply chain, your finance department, your research and development, and others, as well as attracting new and developing a more digital workforce. So I think this has been a great conversation with you both, uh, Don and James. I would like to thank you both for coming out and sharing your experiences and what things others can follow and be successful in their transition to cloud and having the business follow through on that. Thanks, Winston, sir. It was a great opportunity today, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. And I, I look forward to a future podcast if you if you invite me. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Mr. Sir. Thank you so much for uh, bringing this together, and it's been a pleasure talking to both you and Don through this whole uh, effort. 
Don and James play two different roles, but their alignment are what matters most, like company culture, the role of the CIO, the alignment of the management team, and the right resources resulted in their continued success. No matter what industry you are in, the size of your business, or the technology you use, these are key takeaways that apply to all of us. Stay tuned for our next series of episodes where I talk with those creating and selling technology solutions.